Boom, we are back. This is the world's most bullish podcast brought to you, as always, by the usual guest, Mr. Orlin, a.k.a. the Trillion Dollar Man, Dr. Evil 10%, a.k.a. the People's Champ, myself, Sir Neverlock, a.k.a. the Excellence of Execution, and surprise, surprise, Mrs. No Show is... No Show. No show, nowhere to be seen. This is that podcast, Bullish Bitcoin Banter and Bullshit. What's going on, guys? Man, planting some veg, building chicken coops. <laughs> Not that Bitcoin related, but it's... Uh... We're just talking about the woman of the year. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Won't get ourselves banned that early, but yeah, interesting stuff. Talking about veg, talking about the woman of the year. Yeah, um, we could get a YouTube strike for talking about that, but instead we'll just um, shout out to our sponsor. No sponsor, because we are <laughs> unsponsorable. <laughs> well, don't we have um, Bitcoin Lessons as a sponsor? Yeah, and un- yeah. un- unpaid, but it's more of like a friend of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't want to associate with us. Yeah, I know because exactly. I, I like the fact that you know I like to never look line of no sponsor, so it, yeah. it muddies the water if we go, Oh, no, we do have one. It's like, okay, we'll just we just say it's a it's a friend of the show, um, but yeah, yeah. no sponsor, we're unsponsorable. Um, and we'll take a few minutes now to listen to our sponsor, <laughs> just silence. <laughs> so, uh, just hear the whirring of a, a Bitcoin miner in the background. Yeah. <laughs> That's our sponsor. <laughs> I just some um, woke idiot reeing on the floor. <laughs> Beautiful sound. Yeah. <laughs> Get triggered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's weird you, you bring up Bitcoin miners though. It's the first story of the week. Well, well how was, convenient. was part of my uh, okay. thinking as well in terms of a nice transition. Hey, we're naturals at this, right? You know, yeah, we forget uh, how pro you are sometimes. You just too, yeah, too pro. Uh, in preparation for our first story today, uh, and I'm really excited at this, and uh, I'm glad to get into this as the first story because it's a potential new market and a new subsector that will open up lots for, um, you know, the classic normies amongst us. And it can be sold in a different way, which is a Bitcoin miner that blends into your home because it's a it's a miner that not only mines Bitcoin, but acts as an air purifier and also as a uh, as a heater as well. And I thought, yeah, there's times in this office yeah, a little bit chilly. Maybe I don't want to put the essential heating on. Maybe there's, you know, at least seven to eight months of the year when living in England, we need heating on. But this would be perfect. So what's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, similar to you, because I work at home majority of the time now. I have a heater in my office, so completely out of shot over there because I don't want to turn on the heating for the whole of the house when I sit in one room um, of the house each day. So I bought a heater to plug in 
so I turned that on for a few hours to warm up the room. Otherwise, um, it gets freezing. So when it was cold in you know December, January, I was cracking that on rather than and turning off the heating all day until the evening or the morning when the kids were home. Um, but this it definitely gives you an option, but it's just I feel like a little bit incapable of understanding how good a heater it is. It'd be great for mm-hmm. me. I think the proof's going to be when people start using it and test it out. You know how how big a space can this heat? How much extra cost does this give over a standard heater? Like I've got an electric. It says forty square feet in the uh, when I looked on the website, and I, so this was my thinking. We get the triple package, so um, so the the minis come in a three. Oh yeah, three of us on this three of us on this pod. Why don't we go split it three ways? And then uh, and get one each, and then we report back to the people. Oh yeah, the the, the mini's the case, and yeah. uh, so for anyone listening, there it's called Heatbit, Heatbit.com. It, the product looks great. It yeah, does. These, these it minis, does. The, the minis aren't out yet, from what I understand. So I think you can pre-order them, but I don't. Yeah, think- everything's ready for pre-order. Um, Q4, so I'm thinking October, November, December of this year. Yeah. And I think it says for one bedroom, you potentially need two of the minis. Um, but then they do have a larger one. But the, the thing always with Bitcoin miners, right? So Bitcoin miners, you could always just buy a miner. But number one, it's way more expensive. So that their price point is insanely cheap. Mm. Uh, so for the, for the mini, they are saying it's $249, which... Is insanely cheap because a good heater and air purifier will cost about that. So you're Correct. almost getting the Bitcoin mining for free. Like I've got um God Bob, one of my stupid poppy purchases was the was it the Dyson heater? I think that was like five hundred dollars. And that's just a heater and a cooler. Doesn't do air purification mm. and definitely fucking doesn't mine Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> they do have a larger one that comes in at twelve hundred. Uh, but the number one thing always was, yeah, you could buy a Bitcoin miner, but it would cost thousands, right? So thousands of dollars for the miner. Uh, it gives out loads of heat and people have been using them as heaters for, forever. Uh, but it's, this, it's the noise. The mm. noise is so fucking loud that you can't have this in your front room. You definitely can't have it in your bedroom and sleep. Yeah, you have this as something you put in your garage, outside in a barn or a garage, like somewhere with power. It needs to be contained away. But according to their stats on here, which obviously all needs to be verified, they reckon it's less than 40 decibels. And I was just Googling that because I didn't check it out before. But 140 decibels is fireworks or gunshots. So very loud. (laughs) So you don't want that. But 40 decibels, that's classed as soft. And that is a quiet library or a whisper. So if they've managed to get a Bitcoin miner and a heater, because even my heater is quite noisy, I have to turn up my TV a couple of notches if I put my heater on. So I would class that as, according to this, it's moderate, which is dishwashers and uh, moderate rainfall is 60, 50 to 60 decibels is that. I would actually say that my existing heater now is that, because it's, it's just a kind of a, quite a word, especially if it's on high. And you have to crank the TV up a little bit louder to to, to hear it clearly. If this is la- quieter than that, and it's also mining Bitcoin, 
how they I don't even know how they've done this. It yeah. almost sounds too good to be true because it was always the noise. Noise was always the problem. Yeah. And uh, if they fix that, because obviously there's a huge amount of the, the cooling. It's mainly the fans that need to cool the device down to stop them overheating and breaking. Uh, so I don't know how they fix that problem. I don't know how they've made silent fans. But they appear to have. Obviously, it's not out yet. It's so, not out yet. So I don't know if their figures add up either. What do you mean? So on the money, the pr- the price which it appears with is two four nine, but when you look into it, it's actually shared ownership. Is it? So about, yeah. Whereas if you want to buy the full thing, you click on your order now, and it goes through to four nine nine. So it's actually four nine nine for the uh, mini um, instead, and then. When you um, look into well, how much is it going to cost me? And it's claiming X. It looks like the um, the mini has a lifetime expectation of five years, which let's be honest is probably shorter. And then it also has, and it's saying you'll get a return of something one hundred and thirty dollars per year. But this is, but it's on twenty four hours a day. I don't have my heat on twenty four hours a day, so you know, so I, yeah. I think, yeah, the, and obviously the earnings are going to be very dependent on the price of Bitcoin. But yeah, that's interesting, actually. Yeah, so that 249, you, you give 50% of your Bitcoin back to HeatBit. But... but in a way, that's showing you their confidence in the yeah. solution as well. Yeah. You yeah, because so, if, if it didn't mine know, that much it, Bitcoin, then why are they exactly. giving it for half price? Yeah, Because you, you, exactly. yeah, you, can, you can pay double the price and then you get all the rewards. And it's also it's also like pushing out on you, isn't it? Like, how much do you really believe in Bitcoin? Are you willing exactly. to pay two? Because according to them, yeah, even at the the lower amount for six months of your heater being on, you should make what's it like two hundred dollars um, a year? Mm. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting concept. Uh, I I didn't think like the miners that are this. As small could really make much money, but maybe they are. They, they must be tapping all this into a pool, and even though you've got a tiny amount of hash rate, that yeah, you're earning a little bit of money. And I do love their website; they really do like give you everything, don't they? That's a little bit dirty where they're advertising at one price. You click buy, and you realize, yeah, yeah, I know, isn't the thing. But yeah, it says over six. If you had it on for six months, how many months per year do you run your heat? Yeah, it didn't. Did, did it say somewhere that it assumes that if you have it on for six months, it's on a hundred percent of the time? Yeah. So you look. It says usage at least three hundred watts, twenty five percent of power, twenty four hours a day. Oh, yeah, that's that's a bit silly then. So you'd have to yes. knock it down to at least even three months is too low, isn't it, or too high? Because but, but you put I'd, this, I'd have it on for three months, but for I don't know. Five hours a day during that three months. That's so, still it's like less than a month I'd have it on for really full time. Yeah. So you think your expectations are that you have your heater on a hundred percent of power for like a few hours each day, but the rest of the time it's still going to be on at twenty five percent even at the height of summer for to get those return figures. So the fact is, well, it's probably not as good a deal, but it'd be interesting for someone to own this and actually do the analysis on how much. Yeah. How much power, how much this has taken, and what's the kind of returns on it? Because the thing what is, what you could do is you, obviously you don't need to use it just as a heater, do you? you could, I'm, I'm assuming you could switch this thing on and just, I don't want the air purification. I don't want the heating. 
I just want the Bitcoin mining. Yeah. So then you could have it on the whole year, right? You could have it on 24-7 for 12 months. Yeah, yeah that's the 25% of power. But I think, you know, someone really have to own this, put it into a pool and work out how much electricity is it using over a year and actually do that full analysis to look at the returns. Because yeah. it does look up on the surface like a really good idea. But I think there's a couple of things which we started picking up there where you're kind of going, is it? Has it got enough power? Is it going to actually succeed? Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine the amount of energy it costs to power it is less than the Bitcoin it's mining. So you, you'd need to need it to use it for you. It'd be great though, because if it, if it, if you only use something like this as a heater, and even if it did only earn you £30 a year, but the time you had it on cost the same as switching on your heater anyway. So instead yeah, of so going to use that energy anyway, say, and then, but you make 30 quid in Bitcoin and this could well be, I'd need to check it out, but is it KYC free Bitcoin that adds value to that Bitcoin? Mm. It's outside of the system. Can I just get it sent to a wallet that isn't identifiable to me? Uh, so this, this is device. where I think when you're looking at the app that it comes with and then you can see the the energy that it produces and obviously then you can understand how much um, Bitcoin that you've potentially mined, how you then claim that Bitcoin back from the energy that has been mined, that, would, that part would also be interesting. But for me, I'm really interested in the the whole new use cases, you know, when Satoshi oh, yeah. created Bitcoin, he never ever, I'm sure, imagined it was then going to be a heater and an air purifier. Yeah. Just wait till they're bringing out Bitcoin miner vibrators. Oh, man. What's the thing? Literally, it was years ago we had um, phones that could mine Bitcoin, but that never made sense. So they didn't take yeah. off. Uh, but this makes sense, right? So just getting Bitcoin miners into day-to-day -day products makes perfect sense. Exactly. Into day-to-day -day products, then yeah. making sure that people are using the energy all the time. You're also buying the actual product, so they're making a profit initially from that. And then it just becomes part of everybody's everyday life. Yeah, this is – we looked at one. A while back which was um a node as part of um a router wasn't it yeah and you kind of think if if you move towards a bitcoin standard so using el salvador as an example then it's putting things into every day so you get heaters you have a router they've all got a node they've all got a miner in it and therefore the network is secure so once you've gone past the point of um mining new bitcoin and you're just claiming the fees on the transactions these are the kind of like innovations which need to be there in order to, to make sure the network's secure isn't it yeah so they're just in place you know everyone oh i want a new router from virgin virgin send me a router and by standard it's got a lightning node in it or a node that's the kind of stuff which you want to see because that's yeah. how bitcoin becomes every day and i think yeah i think you brought it back quite nicely there because i've got some doubts about this but this is one of the first steps in normalizing having a node or having a bitcoin miner in your everyday household items like in your fridge in your fridge yeah absolutely but i also think as well it's how 
companies make that transition and that jump because they could be giving you a fridge for free, let's say. But the fridge for free means that you're then sharing the rewards of the Bitcoin mining. So there will be some people who are like, yeah, you know, this is the new buy now, pay later. Yeah. God, that's so, a genius idea. You know, yeah. the, you know, if you put it into everyday products and you don't need to wait, here you go, have it. That that is literally genius. So never look. That like that literally is a business model that I'm not sure anyone's ever thought of before. Mm. Which is literally give these things away for free, but go. It's mining Bitcoin, sending it to us. Yeah. And that's and that's it's our discretion. Like so over the years, we're gonna make thousands of this for a 200 pound device whatever it is but if you're you've got you've got to have it turned on 24 hours a day yeah well to a certain degree you just be like if the product works they're going to use it yeah so just go free heater free fridge well the fridge is a great great one because fridges are on 24 7 all the time the heaters would be a bit more it'd be a bit more of a gamble because mm. no matter what you tell people you're like yeah you gotta have one for 24 hours it's like ah fuck you switching off you know but, but then you, but, but even then, you, then go, you just go fuck it. Like it cost us fifty quid to make. We're gonna sell it for two fifty. Instead of saying it for two fifty, give it away. We take a fifty pound hit, and we'll make our money back within a year, even yeah. if they only have it on a little bit. And it's a free heater. Why would they not use it? Well, you yeah. just have you just have a um, a clause in the contract. You get it for free if you have it turned off. And there's a sliding scale of how much you've got to pay. Well, you mm. do the revenue share as well. You know where. Oh yeah, for fifty percent. Or, or, you know, 80-20, uh, because at least it keeps skinning the game for the customer. And But really, the house always wins and they're getting 80% back. But the business will want to obviously make sure that the customer's using it and the customer's incentivized to keep it on. I think it's just, you know, it's whether these things are powerful enough. But I think you know, Bitcoinization many years in the future. I think these are exactly what should happen or yeah. hopefully will happen. Um, you know, things like a dyno in a car or something like that in order to buy a um, power Bitcoin miner or something like that. Mm. Um, so it's waste energy, you know, more efficient technology than we've got right now. Um, You've got to yeah. think of things that make you have to use energy so it could be the, the circuit board in your house. So every time you're turning on the light, you know, you, you put in the kettle on or something like that. So maybe it goes beyond individual products and it's and you think bigger. And so the customer doesn't even have to think about it. So when they are again in the house, turning on a switch. Using it's just going straight back to the grid. It's going to be mining. Yeah. It's going to be that. Just about every company ever is going to be just trying to harvest any little bit of excess energy. Yeah. Mining a little bit of Bitcoin with it. Because that is just, it's always going to be the way, isn't it? It's just the incentives. And why wouldn't you? Hmm. Yeah. If something is churning out and using a certain amount of energy to do a thing, why wouldn't you just go, well, we could also run this chip here that mines Bitcoin and makes yeah. 
couple of hundred dollars a year. Why not? So it's not going to be as intensive as a Bitcoin miner, but if you have like a hundred of these within your own household and it's in a big pool with all these people across the UK or the world, it's still, it's like the flood, a flood of power. Little, little opportunities for lottery, isn't it? For free. But but yeah. if, you, if you go in a pool, you're guaranteed a share. Yeah. And obviously, the one, number one thing we haven't um, factored in here is the price appreciation. You know, we're working it out mm. at the moment at today's price. Or if you want cash or if you want fear as well. Yeah. Because um, it's making $100 year, It's going to be, you know, if, if you just 10x it, so suddenly yeah. instead of making $100 a year, you're making $1,000 a year, and the product costs you, what, what is it, 500 So you go, well, straight away, I've doubled my money on the product. Mm. That's like miners typically take one to two years to pay off and this is going to pay off in six months and that's barely that's using the product for the lowest amount they had on the website for, for, for three months a year you go okay this this is it becomes a no-brainer isn't it it's like if you're in the, yeah. in the market for a for a heater why wouldn't you buy this one now if you're a bitcoiner yeah, yeah. so I think this, yeah, hopefully we saw more innovation in this. So actually being a lot better than I thought after um, having the chat about it, it's brought in a lot more possibilities. I think that and the route are really exciting innovations in the world of Bitcoin. Well, yeah. I like the fact it looks good as well. It looks like a proper... Yeah, it does. It, does. it looks like yeah. a Sonos kind of thing, doesn't it? Mix, mixture between a Sonos and a Dyson. Yeah. So often like us Bitcoiners, we go a little bit too hardcore, a little bit techie. And go look at functioning is great. And you go, yeah, but if you want it in my front room, you know, the missus has to like it. You know, the mum and dad and the uncle and aunties are all going to see it. They're going to comment. Does it fit the colour scheme and all that kind of bollocks? And you're like, well, <laughs> now with this little thing sat in the corner, I think no one even barely comments on it. They're like, oh, nice little here. And what? No one's like, what's that thing doing here? You know, a random fucking honey badger or big Bitcoin bee sat there like, you don't want it to attract loads of attention, do you? You want it just to look nice and sleek, professional, sits in the corner. Anyone asks, you're like, oh, it's at the heater. Or anything yeah. It also mines Bitcoin, but don't don't worry. I'm not going to fucking start trying to orange pill you now. And, and uh, yeah, nah, it's good to see some really well-designed Bitcoin products coming out. We've had, we've had a few of them in the last couple of Yeah, yeah. And, um, we definitely need to continue keeping our eye out on them as well because... Um, yeah, the the aesthetics of the products getting better and better, and of course the use case for the products as well, um, fantastic. And, and for me, I just I just see it's a whole new market of consumerism, but aligned with Bitcoin because these are Bitcoin only products. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a good point. It's nice to not see that oh, I can fucking mine some shit coins as well if you just click this button. Yeah. That is the that's the best thing about what the bear markets always is. Because if we're in a bull market right now, for them to sell a load of these, if they just put the latest shit coin on there, they probably sell another 10,000 of them. Because mm. we're in a bear market, everyone knows any fucking coin of value is Bitcoin. So there's no yeah. being Bitcoin only is possible them. It's you know, by putting shit coins on this. You turn off the Bitcoiners and you get no sales. Mm. Uh, whereas when you're in a bear market, all the shitcoiners are gone. 
you know, all the NFT more ones are gone. Uh, it's only Bitcoins left. So Bitcoin only products uh, sh should do well. But we are getting the, or what's it called? The ordinals now, which is basically shit coining on Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. There's some, yeah. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah, it fucking disgusts me. Also, maybe <laughs> in this bear market as well, it's like, you know, when you're, you're hard up and you've got to make ends meet, you then think more creatively as well. So perhaps this crypto winter and the duration of the crypto winter has made people come up with these more innovative ideas because on the website it says it's been in design for the last two years or you know, and the concepts finally being brought about. When there's so much free money and you know Bitcoin skyrocketing, you don't actually you don't then have to think and sit down and kind of create anything. You're just like, oh well, my only hard choice is what color do I get the Lambo in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? They do say like you 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 can only build during a bear market because you're not really watching the price. You're not seeing no. that wealth double every like week uh and it's yeah like i said it's very distracting during a bull market because you, yeah, yeah, you just bull, mar bull markets are spent to make memes and cool little videos yeah and dunk on those that said it would never work <laughs> yeah uh, i just can't wait for the next bull market uh, it, it's it's fun but like you, you can't concentrate on anything you can't build anything no. like, i built bitcoin lessons in the bear market yeah during the ball, it's too fucking distracting. It's yeah. it's too much fun. You, you wake up each day, you're like, holy shit. I never twenty. This is, I guess, as we've seen in the fiat land as well, why and how mistakes are made because people just get a bit too giddy and too drunk on the euphoria of mm. everything's, everything's I rosy. I suppose it's not just that, it's laziness. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. It, complacency yeah that's why, that's why we always say the bear market's always super healthy it, it cleanses out the non-believers and uh even yeah. the believers we have to hunker down and well, i can't um, wait it'll be like my first i suppose it'll be my third bear mark bull market when it comes to it but really my first in a way yeah yeah it's more riding on the line yeah exactly and um oh and yeah the colors are truly out now so it'll be like, I fucking told you. <laughs> I just can't wait for that. It'll be like, oh. <laughs> yeah. The, the only issue is good. we tend to have like a six month bull market and then three and a half years of bear market. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Those, those six months are fucking glorious. <laughs> but I think it's a, it's a good time to move on to our next story because whilst we've just been talking about mining, it, our friends, the WEF, may also be mining Bitcoin as well. So um, you've pulled out a really interesting story, um, Mr. Rawlin, with regards to the WEF mining their waste energy. And and in the video... Seems familiar. Yeah. I, I picked out some choice key words of what was said. And these choice key words were... Uh, mobile modular data centers, uh, I think they were miners, <laughs> and uh, and low cost computing infrastructure. <laughs> yeah, it's him. So, if you look at um, so it's a company, Crusoe Energy. So, I looked at their website, 
And whilst the WEF did not say it, or the WEFI video did not say it on the crusoeenergy.com, they do say it. So they've got three three use cases, and Bitcoin or cryptocurrency mining is one of them. Mm. So we talk about data storage, cryptocurrency, and something else. Where's the so, on the WEF website? No, on the Crusoe Energy. Mm. So this video is the WEF with Crusoe Energy. Mm. But Crusoe Energy have not said in this one that it's Bitcoin mining, but everyone who saw it was just like Bitcoin mining. Yeah. You know, it's literally what, you know, forgive me if I'm wrong, but it's literally where the waste energy use of flaring yeah. has come from is Bitcoin mining. And now the WEF are trying to adopt it. Yeah. Or and, and seemingly have, right? So they're, they're sh- that's hilarious. Oh my, I think this is a fuck up, you know, by the WEF. I think they've gone, look how green we are. Here <laughs> is Here we are. We've moved some data centers out to these you know, the, these energy plants where the, the spare oil is too far away from people. So the most efficient way to actually handle it is just to set fire to it, which obviously is, is such a waste of energy and is put, um, putting a load of pollution into the air. And they're going, oh, but look, instead of burning it off, we've rerouted it into these, what they call it, never look. Um... Modular. And mobile Mod- data centers. Yeah, mobile modular data centers or low-cost computing infrastructure. That yeah. Which yeah, that clearly is yeah, Bitcoin mining. So I think they fucked up and got and they're actually advertising Bitcoin by accident. Yeah, mm, I, I think I, so. It made me think about it in a couple of different ways. So you've got the mm, Klaus, are you mining Bitcoin? But then yeah. there's um, you kind of go unlikely. They'll just steal it, yeah, um, off people. But then I kind of went. They don't need to this use waste it. energy. They could just use real energy. But this is it with with flaring using flaring as an energy source. It's a Bitcoin success story. And what has everyone transitioned to? So they moved away from Bitcoin's going to boil the oceans to it's wasting energy because we've moved from. Burn, burning fossil fuels through to going to um, using renewables and wasted energy. So it's actually going, there's alternative um, energy usage for this. So I think it's, I think we may be thinking this from a, the wrong angle because what angle they're looking at is going, that energy should be used on something else, which is data storage, which is artificial learning, deep learning, you know, kind of things like that. That's what I think the angle is going towards, as in hmm. you can use that for other things, for mobile data, for these mobile, mobile what is it, mobile modular data centers. Yeah, You don't need to use it for Bitcoin. Uh, I think it's about wasted energy and to basically go shoo away Bitcoin. Uh, yeah. Well, I was just looking on LinkedIn as we were speaking, and um, and I was looking specifically for the CEO, Chase My- uh, Lockmiler. Couldn't find anything about him or he doesn't have a profile, but a um, a guy called Thomas Butler, member of the board of directors of Numbers, um, he says that time and time again, Bitcoin has garnered criticism for using proof of work consensus mechanism. Contrary to the proof of stick concept, proof of work based protocols 
tend to consume more energy and that the WEF's promo video shows Bitcoin mining but leaves out the B word. Yeah, so I definitely on. think it is indeed. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't a, think it's a fuck up. I don't think it's a fuck up. I think it's uh, yeah, and but you're also right. the yeah, business has raised money as well because they've got a 1.75 billion valuation off the back of it, and they've also um, been given 350 million in a series C round as well. So in a roundabout way, they've also you know, been given three dollars. It's, this actually does expose the fact that it was a crypto mining firm they were talking about. Yeah. It wasn't a modular data center that was doing AI or data processing or yeah. any bollocks. It it was a Bitcoin or unfortunately crypto so, mining. Basically, they've just been able to uh, to keep a straight face, leave out the B word and uh, and take the money, but mock the WEF at the same time. Yeah, so it's a bit of a known goal. Like, if, if this was designed to build a foundation to go, look, waste energy can be designed to use to to do lots of things, not just Bitcoin mining. But yeah, and they've done a video that happened to, to use the example of a Bitcoin miner using waste energy. It's like well, that's a bit of a known goal. <laughs> yeah. at, le at least use yeah. one because the problem is there is no incentive for people to move out like. This that type of processing all the way out to the middle of nowhere. There just isn't. There isn't. It's it doesn't make sense. You need loads of people. It's yeah. It's just you got to move a load of stuff. Like it's just not like because the, the the main cost of like processing a lot of that stuff isn't the energy. It's just the equipment and the people and mm -hmm. like, and um. Whereas with with Bitcoin, the main cost is energy. That's why it's worth uprooting millions and millions of dollars worth of infrastructure and moving it out into the middle of fucking nowhere through a huge cost but you're saving so much money on energy where it goes from being your main cost to nearly inevitable cost that is the incentive needed to move an operation out into the middle of nowhere and i don't think it's there because the thing is if it was there they'd already be there this waste energy yeah. wouldn't be waste energy it would already be being used Bitcoin miners are the ones moving out there going, hey, guys, we'll, we'll take it. We'll, we'll buy it off that. We'll buy that shit off you. If, if big data processors wanted it, they'd already be out there using it. Yeah. Yeah, who, who knows what that's... I'm confused now. I, I went... Yeah, well, I, flipped, I think I we'll off. see. <laughs> I'm just not convinced the weapon made a massive fuck-up, but if they have, it's hilarious. But according to that LinkedIn post that you found there, so never look, that this video, which we'll link, I'm not going to put it in because this is too boring, but it, it, that, that, that link in that video shows waste methane being used to cover <laughs> data centers, but that data center is a crypto mining firm. Correct. So I don't know what they're trying to prove there other than Bitcoin mining is great for saving waste energy and saving the planet. <laughs> Bitcoin's meant to be boiling the oceans, not using up waste energy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was. It seems to be one of the biggest stories in the last week on Bitcoin Twitter. 
and it kind of pivots us on to the next one, which has been one of the biggest um, stories on Bitcoin Twitter over the last week, which is around what appears to be the next collapse of um, a nation state. So a big favourite of the um, pod, Argentina, has seen inflation hit 118%, but everything's fine because don't worry, the IMF will be here for round six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty. 40 you know what's a bailout and what's the price so i think this is just highlighting but i know that people who are no coiners will say in response to this well it's argentina it's a small country yeah it's only a small country but when you look at back at the history of argentina so we go back to when it had its roots when it actually didn't have too much government in, um, influence um it had a good agriculture um production so it's similar to the uk from my understanding so um it outgrew canada australian population total income and gdp and in 1913 argentina was among the world's 10 wealthiest states per capita but people say oh it's 100 years ago but after then that's when you start seeing the government intervention within Argentina. So it's for the past 100 years. I think that average inflation rate has been, is it between 50 and 100%? I can't remember which one it is. It's either 50 or 100. It's 50, yeah. Yeah, so literally they've been averaging yeah. hyperinflation every year for the last 100 years. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's 50% a month. Is when it's hyperinflation. But, but, no, I, yeah. thought, I thought it was over a year when it went to hyperinflation. I think, I think it's a month. That That's hyper. Because it, it doesn't really matter. It's because it's still, because 50% a month basically makes the money un, unusable, right? And that's but, hyper. But even, but even 50% a year it literally bankrupts all the, the citizens. Well, does it? Uh, hey, we're running it 20 to 25, 30 now. People just suck it up. It, it yeah, needs but, to, you know, you can handle 50% for a couple of years, but then eventually it just gets out of control and it ends up being 50% a month. Now, after six to 12 months of that, you're done. Yeah, it's a fair point. Because um, hyperinflation literally means that it's out of control and the money is useless now. But I thought the definition was something like 50% because it's unsustainable. Yeah. So, it's worth having a look at the definition. So... Um, looking back at the history of Argentina, um, they were felt, well, 1913, they're fine. But what happened was a military junta took power from what appears to be a civilian con constitutional government. So, you know, they got laws in place to protect all their rights to stop government intervention. And that happened in 1930. Um, but even up until 1962, because of all the good work and the infrastructure which was in place, their per capita GDP was higher than that of Austria, Italy, Japan, and even its former colonial master, Spain. So they were still in a good place. But after 62, that's when they really started to collapse. Oh, actually, here we go. So we're talking about the inflation rate. I actually got the figure. I've forgotten it. I've made up my notes. The inflation rate in Argentina averaged 190.32% from 1944 to 2023. 190%. Every year. 
your government wants you to prosper and it had its highest all-time high in march of 1990 um of 20,262.8% so wow. in 1990, I mean, it had a record low in February 1954. But you have to watch out for deflation because that is the bad one. Inflation <laughs> keeps you nice and warm inside. <laughs> so, uh, it actually makes it weird that the fact that Argentina has 118% inflation, this is year on year, is even a story. It's almost, well, what's new? I <laughs> know. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, it's funny you say that as well, because I had done some research into this ahead of uh, today's call and today's pod. And I was just like, you know, once upon a time, Argentina was ranked as um, one of the wealthiest countries in the world. And let me just put this into perspective for everyone to uh to kind of reel off where they were. So they were ranked in the top 10 wealthiest countries in the world by 1913. And the country was richer than France or Germany, almost twice as prosperous as Spain or Italy, and its per capita GDP was almost as high as that of Canada. Neighboring Brazil was five times behind Argentina and Japan, at the time, one of the world leaders at the end of the 20th century was almost three times behind uh, where Argentina were. Now, some of the things that obviously changed all of this were World War One and World War Two, and the fact that Argentina were a big exporter in agricultural goods. That when the World War when the World Wars were happening, all of a sudden just stopped. And as you've gone on to say, they have gone on to then default on their debts to the IMF and others nine times and uh, and twice in the last uh, two decades as well. But I so, think this is the point that they've only just been bailed out by the IMF last year. I think yeah. this is why it's a big story. And part of that deal, they stopped the infrastructure being put in place for Bitcoin ETFs issued by the central banks in Argentina. Mm. So I think that is why it's such a big story because I get Mr. Orlin's point, but um, yeah. Um, and there's, there are various things in here. So kind of going from Sir Neverlook, I looked into the currency. So what happened with the currency? So it's a peso to 1826. Um, the peso fuerte and the peso monedo corriente both ran at the same time, 1881. The gold and silver pesos ran from 1881 to 1970. Really relevant because it's a gold standard. Mm. And they ran alongside that fiat. So they ran the peso monedo nacional from 1881 to 1970. But... Because they devalued it so much, they actually binned it in 1929, but not officially until 1970. And then they ran the peso lay 1970 to 1983. They collapsed that. They moved to the peso Argentino 1983 to 1985, collapsed that. They moved to the Austral 1985 to 1991, collapsed that. And then it was a peso convertible 1992 onwards. And it started off one to one with the dollar. So here's a bit of a question. December 2000, um, December 2003, 
if it was one to one in 1992, what was the value to the US dollar in December 2003? One to 10. One, one to almost three, to 2.93. So that's after um, 11 years. May 2018, before this really kicked off, what was the value of the peso to the dollar? One to almost 22, so 21.82. So wow. you've got to say within 11 years, <clears throat> America has got its inflation anyway, mm. but Argentina was three times as high. After a total of 26 years, they were almost 22 times as high. Mm. And then the recent one, when I checked the other night, it was 1 to 220.21. So they are 220 times as high as the US over a total of 31 years. Yeah. And the US is out of control. Yeah. It, it is bad when, because usually when you're bringing your, you know, your pricing metric back to something, it, it's something that's solid, something that's staying consistent. But when the thing you're comparing it to is going up like a rocket train already, and mm. that looks stable and you look like you're the nutty one. Uh, but just to go back to what we said before, um, I've added a little quick Google. So hyperinflation uh, defined by Investopedia. So hyperinflation refers to rapid and unrestrained price increases in an economy, typically at rates exceeding 50% each month over time. Month, oh. Yeah. But the next bit is interesting, right? I, this is interesting Investopedia say this. So mm. What causes this, right? Hyperinflation can occur in circumstances affecting the underlying production economy in conjunction with a central bank printing excessive money. Interesting. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, Interesting. It's, it's nice that even on Investopedia, which is obviously not a non-Bitcoin, normally a bit of a, a government-leaning kind of website, they, they admit what causes hyperinflation, money printing. You're not allowed to say that. Mm. it's wars and pandemics and you know healthcare and you know stuff you just gotta fix stuff right like th yeah. these things are macro they're uncontrollable uh, and in and reality it needs it's like to go up every year by two percent it does it no, it needs no, to de de yeah. deflation's unhealthy what <laughs> the hell do you think happened in 1954 in argentina it was a bad year <laughs> minus seven percent <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's interesting as well. So, uh, again, ahead of today's pod, I did a little bit of uh, research in terms of what does the everyday person do in Argentina? So, um, you know, I, th this is the depths of my mind, and someone's already made a video out there where they're interviewing everyday Argentinians uh, and what they do. So they get paid in pesos, and immediately as they get paid in pesos, they convert it into US dollars because of the hyperinflation of pesos. They say, what we, we try to get rid of it as soon as we get it. And we try to move to a more stable monetary system. <laughs> and, you know, we've always been saying, you know, the death of the dollar. Well, before the death of the dollar happens, the death of the pesos will happen. Yeah. This, of course, um, also, I think, ultimately brings us on to why we're covering this story, which is 
there is a life raft out there for these individuals. And if they can get on the life raft, they, they can uh, they can hold on to their wealth and not see it evaporated away. And that life raft, of course, is Bitcoin. So if you're sounding like a Nazi. Oh, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, ultimately they need they need Bitcoin. They don't need any other form of cryptocurrency. They need Bitcoin. And uh, you know, ultimately we are watching everything play out, what will happen in other countries across the globe. But in even, real time, and even the UK, our lifetime, and in the yeah. UK, you're right. It's going to happen. It's happened every single time. Did I mean, you it see may be... the bottom of the article, by the way, that it talked about the inflation of the UK. Mm, did I miss that bit? I don't know, from a sailor article. Different... Yes, I think so. It's off the back of the sailor article. Yeah. Um, oh, UK inflation hits a new 40-year high of 10.1%. Correct. And, and, then that, after and that's that. a fake figure. Yeah, yeah. 10%. Lol. Oh, yeah. UK inflation anticipated to reach 18.6. There you go. Oh, and if you think about that, that's showing that anticipated 18.6, but we know that those numbers just go astronomical, don't they? And it starts off at, you know, 2%. 18.6%. And before you know it, we are the new Argentina. If but that's just a- the UK. Yeah. If that is actually true, the 18, it is spiraling, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Imagine that in, in three years, we've gone from 2 to 10 to 18. Correct. So this is, you know, I think what we commented, that we were hitting 10% inflation and we were still doing QE. And it's the same mm. as the US. Like the US is protected because it's got the petrodollar. So there's always going to be a want for that. And it's kind of, it's managed to semi-protect itself for, for so long. But the UK follows it like it's a little dog. And it's just now we've copied it and it's going out of control. And this, how do you rein it in from 18.6? We're still queuing. It's like, ooh, what's the, what's the cause to inflation? Print more. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, if the figure that they're sharing with us is 18.6, as the official figure, we know that that figure is a hell of a lot more because now that they are kind of getting their heads around, oh yeah, it is double figures at 10%, well, we've always been saying that it's been more than 10% and always in double figures before they've now come to the admission of double figures. Yeah. Well, it's um, it's the... um. It's it's a wages which hide the inflation because the wages don't keep up with the with the inflation of the goods. So whilst the wages don't rise, they're still a big proponent of what's going on. Whereas if you look at just goods, the goods are significantly higher. And also CPI, it's looking at things which are typically subsidized by the government. So like wheat being an example, they don't put in something which is, well, just pure cost, like gold, like a house like energy, things which you actually need, um, because otherwise that would show the true figure. So, you know, as we always say, double or triple, I'd love to see an actual proper inflation figure where they just went gas, electricity, internet, mortgage, average house costs, rentals, um, price of chicken. So you come up with a supermarket shop for a week, which includes those and meat and whatever, 
and go, this is your inflation basket and then measure it yearly. I would mm. love to see that because that would probably show it to be ridiculous because energy is so high. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. our, our next story just links perfectly into this all because obviously we've got a few tweets around the same issue around this Argentina thing, but just we were discussing there how, oh, how do you get, how do you protect yourself from the peso in hyperinflating? Well, f- switch the US dollar. Guess what? I, I was going to ask, like, what apps are they using to do the switch? Yeah, is it an independent one? Is it a government-run one? Is it some financial institution? And all, as always, of course, it is their banking apps, isn't it? They're using their banking apps, and banking apps are an extension of government. So this is where this next story kind of comes in, where, well, the Argentina Central Bank needs money. They're, they're hyperinflating. They've, their money is losing value. You're not going to suggest this. They've done that. They did a once-in-a-lifetime haircut a year ago. They wouldn't do that again. <laughs> they're not doing a haircut. They're just stealing it outright from the <laughs> <laughs> And then, obviously, I don't know if we ever verified the story or not or whether how true it is, but according to this, they, they declared a bank holiday yesterday and kept the banks closed so people couldn't go in and withdraw their money from their banks because even the US dollars... They Wasn't that just a late celebration for winning the World Cup? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you say this in terms of not verifying and uh, and hopefully the listeners can tell I've been doing my homework this week because Adam Bat in the Twitter feed said any other links in terms of this and there was official um, links from, I guess it was Argentinian newspapers or digital Argentinian newspapers, which thanks to Google Translate states exactly that. So officially, yes, Monday and Tuesday of this week. So to all the listeners, we record on Tuesday. So today it has been a, a national holiday for for the banks to be closed as well, so well, it has been you, verified. Have you looked at the um, so US um, dollar to to peso convertible? So if you look at it and we actually get up a chart, it's, it's got this massive pause in the middle from when they've closed the banks. <laughs> it's just a straight line, um, which, yeah. um, which fits in with this because I was looking the other night and I slowed up one of the. Um, FX companies. Oh, I just want the actual bloody chart, and it's not showing it for some reason. But as we saw, whilst you're doing that, as we saw with the the recent bank collapses, we now live in a digital age where people don't need to queue up outside of the bank. So you could, pro- you know, you could set a, um, a not even a reminder. You could set a an action to essentially move it from one place to another so the minute that the bank opens again they're going to have all of these requests for the money to flee yeah, yeah but you talk about that but they don't control the, the it systems they can just cancel all those well that's the thing they've um this they, they didn't just close the, the bank the branches they suspended all operations for the weekend mm. and for monday so yeah so if you look at it on i don't know how this works exactly and what they did for the sorcery but friday at 10 o'clock they shut down all the banking systems and the argentino peso to us dollar flatlines until sunday 
at 530. It's literally like a flat line. Like currency never does that. You see all these little you know bits as all the trading's going on. But I've just mm. dropped um a link into the chat. I and mean, you look at a five-day view, it's just and then it happens again. There's there's more flat periods where they're obviously pissing around with something, but I don't really understand what on earth they've done. But when they open it back up again, it just skyrockets every time. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, as we always say, like when we when you use the life raft analogy, unfortunately, these guys have they've jumped out of a sinking ship which lives literally underwater, which is the peso, and they've jumped into another ship which is still sinking, but it's sinking slower, but it's controlled by the first ship. So their money is not safe. So it's mm. got stolen. The, the, you've just jumped to another sinking ship. The, the life raft is Bitcoin. And the, the, literally, not only the fact that it's scarce and it's decentralized, but it's just the fact that it's uncensored, the censorship resistance, which is the government can't fucking steal it. Yeah. If governments fuck up, they will steal your money. It's, it's the point that we've been battered home for the entire pod, which is you, you think that, oh, let's just say you're a UK person. Oh, it's okay. I don't have many, very many pounds. I have stocks and shares. I have a pension. I have an ISA. I have some Vanguard investments. Da, 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 da. It's all the same fucking thing. Hmm. Is it all in, in the KYC and AML account that is a, some financial institution? If the answer is yes, because it fucking has to be, then when the when it really starts to cause trouble, which is what's happened here in Argentina, the currency is getting out of control. What do they do? They they get desperate and they start grabbing any money that they can grab, and this is what they're doing now. They're they you know their their people don't have pesos, so they're grabbing their dollars instead. They'll grab their shares, they'll grab their pensions, they'll grab anything, and they'll plummet all in trying to save the peso and at the end they will fail and it all goes gets reset and goes back to zero and everyone loses everything hmm yeah we'll call it peso something else and then that'll fail after another 10 years or two years because it i think they're gonna have the equivalent of when they got the peso argentino which lasted two years if they try again so i think there's just no poop in this and it's so easy to get over currencies now I just can't see an Argentinian-backed currency succeeding. Definitely not. But it does make you think. It makes you think a lot about the currencies. And I was just saying to myself, God, I should be all in. But it's very hard to make that leap. Yeah, it's it's the dominoes. The the dominoes, the, the country's getting bigger, right? Yeah, you know, the Argentina is not a small country. People can't say that's a small country. I said that jokingly at the in the beginning, but there's at least in me. Obviously, it's a country that's been through economic complete chaos, but they're not small. They're, that's a pretty. That isn't a country you can just dismiss and be like, oh, it's just Venezuela. It's just uh, you know, some some tiny little kind of island type place. This is a this is a large place, Argentina, and it, it's going through it. And guess what? The next one will be. A similar size to Argentina, then there'd be another one, and then eventually there's going to be a big one. And uh, yeah. it's, it's just when people wake up, I guess, because it's yeah, we'll, we'll notice because at the moment, just just as people like as you you research where people are just getting paid in in fiat and switching it to a different type of fiat, it's going to get to a point where the second people get paid in fiat, they convert to Bitcoin. 
that will yeah. be when the hyper bitcoinization happens it will be oh, yeah it, it's got to happen in argentina if their banks are stealing their dollars they've just got to go i need this money out and i need it into something else yes. so can we put it into can we put it into coinbase or be equivalent in argentina or is that blocked because i'm a bit unclear what they can do at the moment yeah well and that's why we need something like a strike you know because you don't want mm. us exchange doing stuff where you have to send it in send it out you want to just be able to convert it just nice and easy uh, and, and ideally and get course, paid in Bitcoin, right? You know, that's, that's the ideal. And of course, now we're further on into um, the, the life of Bitcoin. We've got the Lightning Network as well. So people can transact a lot quicker and convert a lot quicker. Um, so it should be easier and, and become second nature for them as well. And I, and I do think that they will, they will be the next ones. Yeah. And uh, our last tweet on this subject is, it's good old Safer Dean. He always <laughs> had a good take on these things. Which... He's got a string of tweets here. To start it off, he links through to the um, Argentinian when the IMF bailed them out with 45 billion. So last year, but it had, as part of it, it had, a clause that they should discourage the use of cryptocurrencies with a view to preventing money laundering. Hmm. So this is last year, like, you know, they kind of were stopping people fleeing. Um, so it's it's interesting whether this has had anything, you know, like effects like you can't buy Bitcoin or you can't take it off the exchange. That's what I you know, talking about this has made me really wonder. But there's a string of tweets here. And so you're starts... saying that we're going to give you the money, but the caveat is you need to tell the people the people can't flee out of this slavery by converting their pesos into Bitcoin. Yeah, it starts off so Safedine is lovely acidic take. The Argentinian government has been one of the world's best in destroying its currency over the past decades. <laughs> Why is the IMF giving them 45 billion and trying to stop the citizens from having an alternative to their government's perpetually inflating yeah. shitcoin? Yeah. And what's really interesting is Saifedean is Lebanese. He's had this, his family's had this very recently. Mm -hmm. So he knows what he's talking about. Well, by the way, that tweet is from May 2022. Oh, God. Yeah. And he's tagged onto the back of it and it gets through to um, recently when he started talking about it. Um, so as this year, clearly the 45 billion loan from the IMF was not enough. The IMF needs to give the kleptocrats in charge of Argentina 450 billion so they can finally achieve financial stability. This is in Feb 15th. So this is obviously when the trouble started flaring up. Um, and then he comes back in April, update one year on from the IMF loan. The Argentine um, shitcoin has dropped 50% against the US dollar. And the central bank has run out of dollars. Surely enough, a 450 billion from the IMF will fix this. <laughs> and then also a year ago, the IMF told El Salvador to stop using Bitcoin and focus on fiat debt slavery. Yet it is Argentina that is defaulting today. Well, whilst El Salvador paid off its bonds. Yeah. So, because there you go, because like literally if El Salvador hadn't have chosen Bitcoin, the, the chances are we would be discussing them on this pod 
is another country going through hyperinflation. But yeah. instead, they just refuse. They, they've refused to use the IMF. They've refused to use their debt. They've tried to get off the dollar. They're trying they've to get pa- paid off the IMF. I was no, just about to say that they paid off the IMF accordingly. Yeah, they they paid off its bonds. Yeah, they they focused because the thing is like, you know, Bukele's come in and gone. I'm not going to do what everyone else did and just money print, money print, money print. I'm to focus on the issues and you know, controversially, you know, arrest a lot of people. I'll be arrested some innocent people in there, that kind of stuff. But he's actually doing real life shit. He isn't just printing money and promising that everything will be fine in five years. He's mm. doing real life kind of proof of work stuff. And you can agree or disagree with his with his methods, but that seems to be what he's doing. And when you look at, at a macro level for, for his country, you go, well, they are improving. You know, inflation is not crazy. Uh, crime is down. Tourism, tourism is up. You look at Argentina, which... It was a bigger, much more should be stable country than El Salvador, much bigger economy. They're in the toilet. Everything is everything's trending the wrong way. Yet they have done what the IMF said to do. El Salvador did two fingers up the IMF and went fuck you. And they tried to punish them, gave them fines, all kind of stuff. So El Salvador just went, look, we're gonna we're gonna fulfill obligations. We're gonna pay off these debts. They they have done so. Argentina just continued to take more, take more and more debt than IMF. And what's that done? It it's screwed their country. And the people of Argentina now have have had their net worth taken from them. And it's 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 tragic. It's it's again, it's you know, millions and millions of people have lost everything over the last couple of days, probably in Argentina. But this but this isn't the most painful bit. It's only getting worse. Yeah, well, like, as you said, it's mm, it's not fifty percent. Like. <laughs> like, yeah, but I think it's but they've lost everything, but now they're going to starve. Yeah, well, yeah. Once the economy collapses, yeah, that's the yeah. There's going to be looting. There's going to be murders. Yeah, it's going to be fucking horrendous. Yeah, courtesy of the IMF <laughs> and courtesy of a meddling government. You know, yeah, this kind of economy doesn't happen without government interference over decades so putting in regulations putting in processes putting in trade agreements you know you look back at the history in argentina and this is what's caused the inflation the way the way which they've handled trade um but when you're talking about that it did make me think about um sri lanka so we haven't heard anything about sri lanka since it collapsed And this was on the back of, I think they took IMF loans. They took advice off the WEF to make themselves into a fully sustainable nation (laughs) with no fertilizers, making themselves greener than green. And then it collapsed because they couldn't fucking grow anything and they wrecked their economy. And then the the WEF deleted all the pages off their website, forgetting that people can use various tools and also are taking screenshots. Yeah, it's um, it it's it's a very weird story. I always feel very conflicted when we're yeah talking about countries lapsing, right? Because it's we we predicted it. It's it's but when you really distill it down, it means millions of people are going to die, and it's, yeah. it's it's so horrendous. And uh, and even the people that don't die, they they've lost everything. Just imagine it's. It's going to be like El Salvador before they started actually fixing it with the yeah. kind of murder rate and crime problem. 
people are going to go for the easy option. The yeah, even though they won the World Cup, they were poor, you know, last year. So, you know, the, the, the you may have seen scenes of jubilation and happy in the streets, but these people had nothing. I, I I find it hard to like have almost like banter over these stories because it's just it's just horrible, right? Yeah. And when this happens to the UK, it's going to be tough. Like it's not we're not going to be going. Oh, I told you so, because it's going to be fucking horrible here. And you know, people gonna, people are going to die, and and the people mm. that don't die are going to have lost everything. Mm. And um, yeah, we're going to be sat there with our Bitcoin, and yeah, it's going to be probably worth more than we can even comprehend right now, but. It's going to be horrendous. It's going to be friends, family, all, all over the place just um, suffering. And then even though you can help a couple, it's going to be you can't help everyone. Yeah. And uh, and, and in reality, I honestly do think when it happens to the UK, it's going to be a case of, I do think fleeing is going to be probably the safest thing. I think I think there is going to be some type of Bitcoin country pop up. And that's where a lot of us are going to move to just to ride this out. Because whilst the, the rest of the economy figures it out, yeah, the Bitcoiners can't fix the world all in like a couple of months. Yeah. Once everything collapses and everything's worth no- nothing, we can't just give handouts to everyone. It's going to have to be a bit of a slow rebuild and get people back onto Bitcoin. And I, don't, I look at it and go, it is going to be such a shit show that I don't think I want to be here when that happens. So I'm I think probably... you raise a really good point there, actually, because we we talked about it on last week's pod, where um, the CEO of Coinbase mentioned that he might be considering the UK. He was never considering the UK, but the very next day, um, the Coinbase were granted a license in Bermuda. Well, okay, that's more like. Yeah. That's more like so, some dodgy exactly. place that doesn't really exist. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Our head office is in Bermuda. Like, let's have a look in your office. There's like a cleaner and a a fish tank. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what's this? <laughs> this isn't your head so, office. So naturally, Bermuda will take any money that Coinbase wants to throw at them with in order to get a new license. And I'm sure they won't be you know, won't be having to adhere to any rules or regulations in there. But that also made me scared because it feels very much like FTX as well. And I'm sure the T's and C's will change. And not that I personally keep any Bitcoin or any money on the exchange, but it makes me scared for those that do. Because then they kind of, I appreciate they're a publicly listed company, but if again the in the T's and C's it says, well, we can take your money, they could take your money. Yeah. Which in reality, that's what the T and C says now, really. But... Yeah, well, yeah. Same as the T's and C's for your bank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I suppose the, the, the option of total fraud goes up. Yeah. But yeah. The total of legal fraud, which is just the company can go bust or the US government can take it, that's still there. Yeah. But yeah, Brian Armstrong could just go, I'm just going to take all the Bitcoin and just spend it on vegan food. And he could do that if he's in Bermuda, I guess, because he could just pay the Bermudan government some money to go, look, don't arrest me. 
but then they'll get yeah. paid more by the US government to arrest him. So he still gets yeah. arrested. Yeah. Anyway, should we move on to Bulgaria? Yeah. Story of the week. Yeah, so last story. So just pull it up again. But uh yeah, I I can open it up if you so, want, because it's uh, yeah. It's it's a it's a weird one, right? So we're talking about Bulgaria and um how they could potentially become one of the most powerful countries in the world. And it all comes down to the fact that they've seized 213,000 Bitcoin uh, back in 2017. And, uh, and and interestingly, they did not sell this Bitcoin. And it's worth about half a million at the time when they seized it. It's now worth about $6 billion, which uh, is quite a nice price appreciation. And I mean, this article just kind of, Honda's do Bulgaria know what they've done here? And the likelihood is yes, because if they'd have seized half a million dollars worth of property, cars, whatever, like land, houses, they're just flipped that. They they don't want to hold on to all this stuff. You know, they just want to flip it for cash and then you know put it back in. That's why they have all these auctions and stuff. But interestingly, they didn't sell off the Bitcoin. And uh, that was one hell of a decision. So mm-hmm. if they were to continue to hold this, well, they, they have an absolute shit ton of this Bitcoin, like 200,000 Bitcoin that they would be, you know, it's going to be Sailor Island and Bulgaria Island here. Well, that's what I was thinking. If they do sell, it'll impact the price of Bitcoin. So it'd be very hard for them to sell it off right this moment because it's sub- such a substantial amount. They couldn't sell all of it, yeah. You could sell yeah. bits, right? You, you could sell 100 million a day for a year. Yeah, but like you said, it. But I, I thought about this. So in the article, it says, how much debt are Bulgarian? 20 billion. So 6 billion is still, it's a third of their debt. It's massive. But you kind of go, yeah, it's but a third of This is debt. one, remember, this is one seizure with Bitcoin. But, mm. but it's whether well, they've got any others, but it's also. So you paid off for six billion, you're down to fourteen billion of debt, mm. but it just mounts up every year because it's not real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so, no incentive to pay down debt. Yeah. Yeah. So why would you pay it when you could go? It may not work. If I wait five years and it turns out to be worth six hundred billion, we could be the richest nation in the world, and yeah. we could have the Bulgarian standard. Yeah, well, who knows? Just imagine if they actually realise the Bitcoin standard is coming, and that's you know they're, they're holding on to it because they. It's like the, you know, the the introduction of gold, and they're going. We've got a load of this gold, and uh, it looks like it's going to become the new global currency. So yeah, we don't want to sell this. We we want to mm. hold on to it. So they use the Bulgarian lev, so it would be the lev standard, or the petro lev. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it just won't be though because obviously their their currency will just hyperinflate. They can't save their currency, but what they can do is oh, they yeah. have a hedge. They have a hedge. They have a shit ton yeah. of Bitcoin, so they'll just be on a Bitcoin standard. And but they'll be very very well set up for the Bitcoin standard because yeah. So so when the the people of Bulgaria lose all their money in Lev, what Bulgaria will be able to do if they so choose is backfill their losses in Bitcoin instead. Because they have enough Bitcoin there to probably backstop just about all the deposits in Bulgaria. 
you know, when the when the time comes, you know, six billion isn't going to be enough right now. But when the time comes and hyperinflation's happened and everything's gone to shit, price of Bitcoin will be a number of multitudes higher. They'll just be able to go, yeah, yeah, we lost all your lab. It's all fucked. However, <laughs> we have a shit ton of Bitcoin. I don't think they'll do it, unfortunately, which is why I wouldn't rely on a government to bail you out, because I don't think they yeah. will. But I, I, I'd stack personally, if I was in Bulgaria, I'd be like, okay, this is positive. My government seemed to be doing something good. I still wouldn't trust them to share it with you. I would still be stacking my own Bitcoin. But who knows? There's a, there's a chance that, they, at the very least, the Bulgarian government will want to retain control, power over the people. So they'll use that Bitcoin to at least keep things stable. So it's I mean, a good sign for Bulgaria. If this was yeah. in a Western country, because you have governments moving around quite often, it would be spent by the present government when they realised. Mm. Whereas because you've got an Eastern Bloc, they'll have, I don't know what they'll call it, but typically they'll have a party in power. And it won't be quite a dictator, but they can't get rid of them. Mm. So I think that's a possible reason why it's being kept. But if you, ha- you, know, if you had five years of Conservatives and Labour, Conservatives would have sold it, and if they'd not realised, Labour would have sold it when they come into power. That's exactly what would happen. So I just think it's probably a mix of different things where they've kind of gone, maybe, just maybe, it means nothing at the moment, but it could mean everything. And it could, like, um, I'd just say, solidify their power in 10 years' time. Yeah, I do think um, there's a lot to be said about (laughs) where the government or the person in charge remains in charge for a long period of time as opposed to you know the chopping and changing we've seen the likes of you know russia china and so forth where their government has stability but then it also brings about this dictatorship doesn't it and that leader is never really questioned Mm. whereas they can think as a whole and as a collective for the good of, I say the good, the good of the people on a much broader sense, whereas, you you know, in the in the UK, you'll have this in-house fighting on the small minutiae detail and not think about the grand scheme of things. Yeah, if it, like you say, I think if it was the UK, I think it would have been spent or, well, I think we'll, we'll spend it just so that the other party don't get it, as opposed to let's keep it and let the country prosper as a whole. Yeah. I think it'll be the next bull market. It'll be really interesting to watch us to see if anything oh, yeah. does happen. Because that is the time when you kind of go, maybe they didn't realise for 10 years, but they do realise now because it's out out in the news. So the next bull market, when it yeah. when it goes flying up, I do wonder. Yeah, well, as, as we saw, right, it's, there's, there's Western countries that they probably know what they've got with Bitcoin, but they use it as a weapon to suppress the price of Bitcoin. You know, we've we've mm. seen them suppress the price of gold and silver for the last 50 years. So they can suppress the price of Bitcoin to a certain extent based on what they seize. And we've seen America do that with their Silk Road coins. Uh, and and Bulgaria have not. But you know, why are Bulgaria different? It's like, well, they're not tied to the to the existing US dollar. They are a little bit out of the way. 
they're probably out of the influence of America as well, but only for now. So literally seeing that story, I, I straight away just thought, oh, what, when's the weapons of mass destruction going to get found in Bulgaria? You know, mm. what, what, when's some disaster going to happen in <laughs> Bulgaria that we suddenly need a US intervention? They need to come in and save the day. And uh, yeah. they they happen to walk off with 200,000 Bitcoin and they just go, thank you. We'll continue to sell this nice and consistently to suppress the price of Bitcoin. And also just make sure that another country doesn't have it. You know, they, they don't want big countries to have it because... You know, suddenly, you know, Bulgaria could become, could become a threat to the U.S. to the United States. That, that that's insane yeah. to to even slightly consider. Fucking awesome. Who are United States or Bulgaria? No, they become a threat. It'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, it's nuts, doesn't it's, it? And then yeah, the only thing that to do is have Bitcoin. It, yeah, it's funny you say this as well because they would be doing it as you say for exactly that reason to try and get hold of the bitcoin but yet publicly they continue to belittle and degrade bitcoin <laughs> as some magic internet money but yet they're willing to go to war for it to get hold of it to ensure that they've got it yeah. hmm. you say do you want to do you want to make a prediction in six months some me unless unless Bulgaria hand this over and, and agree to sell it, I would say within six months, the US have done some type of military action against them. I don't think they can because I think Russia's filling up everything. I think you. I'm going to go for eighteen months. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So you're like, yeah. It's not a no. It's just a bit longer. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm we'll saying that because. The halving is in a year and give it six months to pump a little bit and everyone to jizz themselves about Bulgaria and then I think they'll need some freedom. <laughs> some freedom yeah. bombs. Yeah, some yeah. democracy. <laughs> some Biden ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? So I def- you go in, I, I've said six. I, I do think I'm a little bit bullish on six, probably 18, probably a bit better, but what do you think? Well, this is again where you know we talk about it quite often in Ray Dalio's book, The Changing World Order, because ultimately, as the um the number one superpower in terms of US, it has to pick its battles. You know, it's got a battle at the moment in-house in terms of like a you know a civil war brewing. We've got the change of a presidency. You've obviously also got the number two with China linking up with potentially the number three, uh, Russia. You've then got the, so you've got that hot war potentially happening. You've got them in terms of China saying we may take on Taiwan because you've got this chip war. And then you've got Bulgaria piping up as well saying, uh, you know, potentially we're going to do this and, you know, we want or they might want to take on their Bitcoin. Mm. Whilst all of this is going on, they then start to deplete their forces, don't they? And they're, they're trying to put out all of these fires here and there. Lo and behold, they've spent all of their all of their powder and they're depleted. Mm. And then that's, that's how they get attacked and not let's not forget 
we've got the BRICS nation who are, from what I understand, 30% of 31% of GDP, and by 2030, due to be 50% of GDP. Man, I, I'm so bullish on Bulgaria now. Because, because yeah, you, you listed it perfectly. Maybe, maybe that's a place for us to all go and live. Because, yeah, or who knows? Because they, they look like they, they are a threat, right? But yeah, you, you said it perfectly where they've got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. They're distracted. And Bulgaria's is sat there on an absolute war chest of Bitcoin. And who knows, it might be too late for them to but, go get it. Because the, it... the price goes up, it gets harder to get it because Bulgaria's Correct. defenses get better. Yeah. And and just like we started it uh, before when we were talking about Argentina, you know, at one point, no one would have thought that Argentina would have been in the position that they're in right now. No, things I can think... change over time, and I think in this day and age, things can change in terms of world ranking a lot quicker than over the hundred years of what Argentina has obviously gone from top ten to not even mentioned yeah. at all. It'll, it'll be it'll be nuts, right? So, say in a hundred years, where someone's looking through, you know, writing the next Radio post, right, of just the other rise and four nations. Mm. someone goes why did bulgaria become number one yeah and they track it all the way back to some dodgy drug dealers that were dealing in bitcoin and they they basically acquired two hundred thousand bitcoin back in fucking 2013 for basically pennies but they held on to it yeah. some government official i i bet it's either this is going to be like the whole like conspiracy or incompetence thing again where i was they just didn't know what to do with it or they did know and they were holding yeah. it for real. Yeah. Uh, but either way, it doesn't matter. They did and they held it and it ended up being like, well, what is it? It's like 0.1% of the whole supply of Bitcoin and they, they ended up having it and then we hit a Bitcoin standard. 1%, One, isn't it? Is it 1%? Oh my God, it is 1%. That is, it's bloody massive. That's scary. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's scary. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, 1% and I think Sailor's got one percent as well, hasn't he? Yeah, with MicroStrategy. Yeah, they've yeah they've yeah. I think yeah, Sailor's got what was it one four to five four five billion, and yeah, they've got six billion, so they've got yeah two hundred thirteen thousand Bitcoin is exactly yeah. that yeah. And again, just imagine reading it, going, oh, that's how you know. There's no great strategy. It was just. They randomly kind of almost came across yeah, they forgot the currency of the globe and then they just held it all for like 50 years and then boom, came out of it. And America was too occupied with China, Russia, fighting Europe, fighting all these other fiat currencies. And little Bulgaria sat there in the sidelines being like, lol, they built up their infrastructure, built up their armies, they brought a load of Bitcoins in and then boom, they, they took over the world. That's how they became number one. Yeah. Because the other big conspiracy theory is that um, Satoshi is Bulgarian. I heard he was Klaus Schwab. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if I... they play their, uh, their cards right and become a friendly Bitcoin country, then they get the defences off other Bitcoiners to defend them and with the hyper-Bitcoinization of Bitcoin, they have an even more powerful defense. 
against those that are trying to take it. We're getting a few places where we can lift, boys. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's starting to firm up, isn't it? Already. Mm. Sailor, Bulgaria. It it is scary times, Croatia. I am after that no. link, which so never looked points out about the UK. I'm going going shit. It's closer than I thought. Yeah. Do you know what I'm actually thinking as well? Right? We, it's so strange that we. It's just come to me now, is that the pod is like. You know, like a new episode every week of what obviously what's going on. And so if anybody was to re-watch the pods back every, you know, from one to where we are right now, it's also the changing pieces of what's going on. And, you know, the agenda, as we say, always writes itself, but the history itself is writing itself along the way. So you know, we we are documenting what's going on. And this is better than any episode of EastEnders, <laughs> any episode of WWE SmackDown, any episode of whatever your favorite show is, because this is the world's most bullish podcast brought to you by Mr. All In, aka the Trillion Dollar Man, brought to you by Dr. Evil 10%, aka the People's Champ. Brought to you by Sir Neverlook, aka the excellence of execution, and brought to you by Mrs. No Show, who is still on Pod ninety five. No Show. That's how you close the show. <laughs>